we're an attraction and we're a show. We are choreographed, we have music cues, we have lighting cues, we have sequencing of our videos to build the mood and then pull it back and then explode it forward and then scale it back. And then here comes our mascot. We have him skate out onto the ice and then the lights go down and here comes that team. And that moment that the team comes out onto the ice, all of our lights turn on and our music is blaring. And it's just a fully immersive kind of a feeling when you're in there. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Guest Experience Show, brought to you by Roller, the modern all-in-one venue management software for the leisure and attractions industry. I'm your host, Josh Liebman, and on this show, I'll be speaking with thought leaders in the global attractions industry about all things guest experience. We'll talk about industry trends, technology, removing friction, and how to grow your business by focusing on all aspects of guest experience, including the best ways to attract and engage new guests, delivering a remarkable experience, and building repeat visitors and advocates to your business. Brian Sclover is the Director of Community Relations and Game Presentation for the Savannah Ghost Pirates, a professional minor league hockey team in the ECHL whose inaugural season ended in April 2023. In this interview, Brian talks about how the city of Savannah has embraced the team, despite skeptics who say that hockey isn't popular in the Southern United States. When discussing the Ghost Pirates fan experience, Brian says that he largely focused on engaging the Savannah community, which resulted in games selling out before the season even began. And by the time the season ended after 36 games, 33 of them sold out. Additionally, Brian also shares detail on the immersive experience offered in the arena, which goes far beyond the game of hockey, but rather a fully themed entertainment attraction. And lastly, Brian shares stories about fan experiences that truly evoke emotion. And he says that emotions are not just about tears, but about goosebumps. Now, please enjoy this interview with Brian Sclover. Hey, Brian, welcome to the Guest Experience Show. I am so excited for our conversation today. How are you? I'm doing good, Josh. Uh, really excited to talk to you and uh, just get into what we're going to talk about over the course of the next uh, little bit of time we're together. For sure, absolutely. So uh, to kick this off, tell us all about the Savannah Ghost Pirates. And then along with that, tell us about your role and what you do as well. Sure. Well, we're the uh, Savannah Ghost Pirates. We're a member of the ECHL, which is uh, the premier AA hockey league uh, in North America. So you've got your NHL and then the AHL, and then we're the league right underneath there. We are affiliated with the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, also the Henderson Silver Knights, who are their uh, AHL affiliate. So um, we are uh, just wrapping up our uh, inaugural season, which was a very exciting inaugural season with 33 of 36 shutouts. Uh, uh, sorry, sellouts here at home, um, uh, not shutouts. That would be, <laughs> we had some good goaltending this year. We had some really good young kids, but not 30, 33 uh, shutouts, but 33 sellouts out of 36 home games. Um, the city of Savannah has welcomed us with open arms. They've really established that Savannah is a hockey town. Um, Savannah is a really incredible city with passionate fans. Um, the South is full of people who love competition. And uh, I think we're kind of broken of the stigma of hockey doesn't work in the South. Um, between the uh, between our merchandise records and our ticket sales and, and sponsorship records that we've uh, we've experienced this past year, uh, it's been a really exciting time for us here uh, in Savannah. Um, 
My title is uh, Director of Game Presentation and Community Relations. So I kind of have the best of both worlds. I get to, uh, first and foremost, I love hockey. So I get to go out into the community and make people uh, as excited about hockey as I am uh, and get them to want to come to a Ghost Pirates game. And then after we get them at the game, I'm tasked with making sure that they have an experience that they'll remember uh, for the rest of their life and definitely to make them want to come back to more Ghost Pirates games, which uh, we haven't had much problem getting people to return uh, this past season. So there's a lot of excitement that we're running on. I'm, I'm on a little bit of an adrenaline crash right now, just uh, after it was our, our inaugural season um, and where uh, we, we wrapped up our season uh, about a month ago, April 15th. So a couple of weeks ago, a month ago. Uh, so the uh, the typical postseason kind of uh, adrenaline crash is happening right now, but uh, we're already looking forward to next season and seeing how we can stay engaged with our fans and community through the summer. And uh, that's pretty much where we are right now. Nice. Well, it sounds like you're still in that adrenaline high. Like you got so much energy, especially and, and passion when you talk about it. Uh, one of the things you mentioned when talking about uh, you know your role as director of community relations and game presentation is you said you get the best of both worlds. Can you talk a little bit about I would say kind of how how they differ, but also how they come together as well? Yeah. So um, obviously, Savannah um, is a it's a really exciting and vibrant place, and it is a very community centric kind of a town. Um, even more so uh, relevant to um, to the well, let's call it the industrial subject matter with roller and and with the FEC kind of community. Uh, Savannah has been really underserved as far as things for people to do. Um, family entertainment centers, yes. Uh, movie theaters, yes. Uh, a lot of other things have really been underserved. But we're really the first professional team to come into this market and really act like we're a big city team in a city that has four to six hundred thousand people in the metro between savannah and low country south carolina which is the hilton head area the beaufort south carolina area etc so um we really were tasked with entering a community that was very strong uh sharing hockey with those that weren't familiar with it but just like many southern destinations uh you have a lot of hockey fans that are already built in you got northerners that remember being at the rink on a on a winter's night and just the feel of a hockey game and the energy there um, so we really, between having a new team, having a brand new arena, which I think really um, ties into that community aspect, it's the largest public works project the city of Savannah has ever done. Uh, an Oakview group who builds many of the modern kind of entertainment and sports castles around the world, they built this building and it's just a scaled down building of the same one that they put in Belmont, in New York, UBS Arena where the Islanders play. Uh, Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, these are all built by Oakview Group. So it's the same kind of stature of building, just scaled down to about 10,000 seats. Um, and that right there was just engaging the community just like wildfire. Everybody wanted to be here. Everybody wants to be in this beautiful new building. Um, it's If you're familiar with Savannah, it's on the west part of the downtown area. So uh, over kind of by Carver Heights where um, uh, was a lot of industrial. And the city is just trying to push its boundaries outside that downtown area, which is a really incredible, impressive and vibrant downtown area. So this is really the anchor for um, just kind of moving into a new area of the city, so to say. So we had a lot of uh, a lot of wind behind us to push us along in the right direction with people just automatically being drawn to the area, um, mix in our uh, commitment to um, being great community partners and engaging in a community that was already so strong 
uh, it wasn't very hard for us to really get people excited about hockey and excited about our team. Um, I mentioned the sellouts. The, the sellouts were, um, we sold out a large number of our games before we even got to opening night. The excitement was just really, yeah, it was pretty impressive. So um, it's, uh, it, to that extent, my excitement for hockey was was satisfied there. And then I have previous uh, experience in broadcast and got an opportunity to work with the Tampa Bay Lightning for their cup years, see how much they put into that and how every single game is an opportunity to not just go see a hockey game full with superstars, which on the minor league level we don't have, but an opportunity for a family or a hockey fan to go out, make memories, uh, really enjoy it and feel engaged. and um, they just really want to return and turn them into hockey fans in a city that is not really traditionally a hockey city. Um, so the community side of things was, dare I say, easy. Uh, it was a little bit easier than some of the other markets that this this league has gone into. Um, our team is owned by a company called Zoyer Sports, who owns the Jacksonville Iceman, uh, which is in the same league. Uh, we also operate the Atlanta Gladiators. Uh, we also have facilities and different things like that. So the Jacksonville team took a couple of years to get the kind of buzz that we were able to get right out of the gate because we had that brand new arena. We had that tight knit kind of community. Um, it's still breathtaking to be honest with you. It's weird to use a word like that, but yeah. uh, just the way the communities embraced us um, and you see the magnet on the cars, you know, you see the flags flying from people's porches. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's been outrageous. It's, it's really been incredible. Yeah. It, it sounds like what you do kind of bridges the out of arena experience into the in arena experience yeah. and being able to, to kind of, I would say, sort of, sort of close that gap. Is it, is it marketing as well? Like you had, like, you haven't said like sure. marketing, but everything you're described sounds like, let's say like strategic, like guest focused, fan focused marketing or, or am I off base on that? No, I think you're right. I think it's a little bit marketing. It's a little bit branding. Um, it's a lot of just being in the streets and, and it's really establishing, um, uh, it's establishing who we are, whether we're in the arena or at an event. So when we're at an event, um, we have, you know, we have our slap shot cage, which we put a hockey stick in somebody's hands and we get them into the inflatable slap shot cage. We teach them about hockey, you know, even at the minimal, just to teach them that you're not just hitting a puck at you know, a net, there's reasons we do these things and you hold the stick this way and there's this kind of shot, that kind of shot and just initial kind of things like that. So I think that um, as much as it's an acknowledgement of marketing, I think we are as much marketing hockey itself as we are marketing just coming to a Ghost Pirates game, which is another commitment we have with the Savannah area. We recently announced plans to open a two, to build, uh, own and operate a two sheet ice facility uh, right near I-95 and uh, right by the border of South Carolina and Georgia, which uh, we're committed to growing ice sports and creating opportunities for people to play hockey. So it's just as much marketing the sport uh, as it is the team itself. And we're really lucky because the sport is really kind of flourishing right now on many levels. The NHL has some really big, super great superstars, great young people, uh, their brands and their marketing has just been firing on all cylinders. And uh, we've been able to lean into a little bit of that, but yeah, it's as much marketing events, all those things. We want to develop the aesthetic and we want people to have that ghost pirates experience, whether they're on river street uh, in downtown Savannah or they're inside of a market arena. We, we want them to, to know that it's a high energy, uh, enjoyable, fun, um, 
kind of an atmosphere, regardless of where we are. I, I would love to unpack that even more. That you know that yeah, atmosphere. Sure. I particularly, I, I would say, in the arena at the games. What what's happening? What's the fan experience like that has led to these? 33 sellout games. I mean, you talked about kind of the fan engagement and getting people excited about it and that games were selling out, you know, even before the first game. Uh, what has then now led to, I would say, yeah. amplifying that enthusiasm when they actually get to experience it in real life? So I think the, um, my experience with the Lightning uh, had a lot to do with that. They put on an experience and a show in arena that is quite literally electric. Uh, if you've been to a Lightning game, you know that they hang Tesla coils from the ceiling and there are real lightning bolts shooting out of the ceiling when the Lightning score a goal. So it's a fully immersive uh, kind of experience. And um, I think that introduces another element to what like you were just saying. And that being, um, we're an attraction and we're a show. We are choreographed, we have music cues, we have lighting cues, we have um, sequencing of our videos to build the mood and then pull it back and then explode it forward and then scale it back. And then here comes our mascot. And then we, we have him skate out onto the ice and then the lights go down and here comes that team. And that moment that the team comes out onto the ice, all of our lights turn on and our music is blaring. And it's just a, a fully immersive kind of a feeling when you're in there. Um, that's really where we're also benefited from being uh, affiliated with the Vegas Golden Knights who do a lot of the same thing. You know, it's um, it's more than just going to a sporting event. And that's what sports had to do, especially post-COVID. And I, um, I got a really unique experience uh, during the COVID time um, in Tampa, not with the Lightning, but actually the Toronto Raptors. They played a game, uh, they played their season. In, in Tampa during COVID because the teams couldn't cross into the border without the quarantine, et cetera, et cetera. So um, Joshua was the weirdest thing that I ever went to was to be in a building, a professional sports building with no fans. Right. And not only that, but I'm sitting in front of a control panel. Um, and this goes back to my broadcasting kind of experience where I was producing talk shows, talk radio shows. I was filling in the arena with artificial crowd sound and fake crowd noise. Um, and art, uh, and art, a technology, whatever you want to call it, that three months before I did it, it didn't exist. And now it's already outdated. But you really kind of understood that it is more than a hockey game. If you're really interested in a hockey game, you could just, as a hockey fan, I get just as much enjoyment watching it on TV as I do in the arena. Now, going to a hockey game, there's nothing like it. But you're going to a hockey game where you just go into an ice rink or are you going to a hockey game in Vegas and you're going to a hockey game in a castle, you go to a Tampa Bay lightning game and you are going to, it is a thunderstorm in there and there's lightning and thunder and you are going to feel the elements of the wrath of nature. When you play that team, um, look at, look at the Kraken. You go to a, you know, you're going to a hockey game at the bottom of the ocean with the most raw and undiscovered creatures that you could possibly find. And, you're going to feel like you're in the depths of the ocean paddling for your life and swimming for your life. That's just, that's what the brand calls for. And it relays to the players and it relays to, to the team and how they play, but it really makes the fan experience so much more than just going to a hockey game. The flip side of that, I hope I'm answering your question. I think I kind of am. I'm loving um, every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up outside the New York City area in, in northern New Jersey, and my dad was involved with uh, with the Rangers and the uh, the Islanders and the Devils in the New York area. So I grew up going to Madison Square Garden for games all the time. That's an original six team. That is a 
unique market that's a market that loves their hockey you are going to a game in Madison Square Garden and that's what you are going to you don't need the bells and whistles around the branding and the other kind of allure that comes with it where you know maybe the devils you know you to feel like you're going to a hockey game in the pit of hell you know like and there's flames and there's fire and the devil's laughing at you and all these other kind of things so every market is different I think the Southern markets have a little more onus on making it bigger than life and telling the story of the brand. Um, and just to tie it back into the Ghost Pirates, we were also benefited with an incredible mascot and logo and branding to where we had the opportunity to not only, and I'm just kind of puffing my shirt yeah. up to show the our Ghost Pirate Davy, but um, it was an opportunity to tell a story about a ghost pirate, right from what is a ghost pirate? Is it a pirate or is it a ghost? Or is it both? Or is it neither? What do they do? How do they act? What are we going to make our experience like? So when you come to Market Arena, you're playing a hockey game on a graveyard on a pirate ship. And that's how we want to make it feel. We have some big ideas for next year that I, I won't spoil here or, or share here just yet, but we have some big ideas to steer further into that. Um, you know, we, we don't have a youth hockey program here in Savannah. So uh, I'm also very long-winded, Josh. I don't know if you can tell or not. <laughs> <laughs> Makes I my job this. easier. Yeah, keep awesome. going. <laughs> Great. I love to speak. It's one thing I miss about broadcasting is speaking. Yeah. I, I bet it annoys my coworkers greatly, but. Um, you should start a podcast. Uh, I should, uh, Those days are behind me. I'd rather <laughs> come on and talk to you. I'd rather come on and talk to you on yours. Um, you know, we, we don't have a youth hockey program uh, here yet. We're new. Hockey's new to the area. There's no ice in town. There was a ice rink at the civic center that they would build the ice and you would have uh, community skating during the holidays for a couple of weeks. But, you know, there weren't young people that we can engage and bring out on the ice, like uh, in Orlando or in Tampa, where they have, you know, a kid captain skates out onto the ice, et cetera. What's that focal point going to look like involving kids? We're going to hoist the flag. We're going to go to the bow of our ship, which is an area we have on one side of the arena. Um, and we had a flagpole. We had some cannon props made as well. And right at the beginning of the game, right before the team comes out, we have a young person hoist the flag. The whole arena is encouraging them, hoist that flag, hoist that flag. We've got our mascot there, our mascot there, we've got other pirates there, and they hoist the flag up, and that flag flies through the whole game. And it kind of builds into that, you know, you're at the bow of the ship, you're on a pirate ship, and you're at a hockey game on a pirate ship. Um, and that's what kind of makes it exciting. That's that's what leans into the childhood Brian. Like, you know, I'm not just a, a stiff curmudgeon -y old guy who's, you know, running hockey games. Like, it's the little kid that wants to like, yeah, it's awesome. Always that flag, kid, let's go. It's a hockey game getting ready to start. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's many things about the game experience that make it really special. Um, it's more than just the music and the videos and the sponsored elements and things like that. It, it's really just steering into it and making it a, a fully immersive kind of an attraction, which is kind of a new thing, I think, also. I think you just hit the the buzzword right there is immersive. And that's what I was uh, going to bring up as well, because what you are describing, you know, you, you talk about the experience of the ghost pirate, but you also talk about, you know, the, the lightning, you talk about a number of other, you know, experiences as well, the Kraken. Uh, this is not uh, dissimilar to when I talk to people about theme design and, and uh, immersive experiences in theme parks. And is there, is, is there this shift happening as far as immersive sports experiences, themed sports experiences, because 
based on the the experience that you know that you're describing, it's not that different than if you are in a theme park. If you go visit the, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you're immersed right into that. If you're at a Ghost Pirates game, you're immersed right in it. Every all the attention to detail really brings it all together to then make it so much more than, and I hate to use the word just, I'll put it in quotation marks, but you're just right. a hockey game because the the sport can't exist without fans of the sport. But sure. also, kind of, you you sort of were kind of making the comparison to you know to Madison Square Garden, maybe maybe right. other traditional venues, and uh, there now needs to be you have to be a, a fan of the experience, right? You don't have to, be, but now we, you need to cater to those who you're, you're you're bringing them into hockey through an experience rather than. Right. You watched hockey on TV. Now you want to go to a game, and you're gonna you're gonna track every stat. You're gonna you know count every goal and, and whatever it is. It sounds like the the actual fandom is evolving, and part of that is the immersion and the themed experience, right? Am I? I think you're a hundred percent right, and and even furthermore, um, I think it's circumstantial due to um, to which league you're in and what sport you're in and what market you're in. So. In the NHL, you have players that are coming back every year, marquee players. So I'll go back to Tampa and use them. So Steven Stamkos has been their captain. He was drafted by that team. He grew up there. He's gone through the heartbreaks and the triumphs with that team. It's as important for the Lightning to make a young person a fan of Steven Stamkos as it is to make them a fan of the Lightning or hockey. Because Stammer will make them love hockey, make them want to buy jerseys, make them want to go to the games, et cetera. Same time, they're still making it feel like it's a thunderstorm in there because it's got to be a cool environment, right? Come to the minor leagues where we had 70 plus different players that played for our roster this year between call-ups and injuries and different things like that. It's a little bit harder for us to market our players. We have to market the experience. So it's as important for us to sell hockey and to sell the team itself and the experience as a whole as it is to market a player. So as important as it is that I see um, a young person with a favorite ghost pirate is I would, I'm just as dedicated towards the goal of having them hold a foam sword in their hand or put on a um, one of the, not just a t-shirt, not just a hat, but something that really makes it deeper for them. Like these are pirates or ghost pirates or whatever. So. Yeah, I mean, it's both sides have the challenge and and all the sports have it. Um, yeah. and all the sports, I mean, look, not, I use this. And if, if there's anybody that sees this that is affiliated with the team, please know that I am in awe of the way that the presentation is. But you talk about like for the Dallas Stars, like how do you market that story? What is a star? That's where it starts. Are we talking about the stars in the sky? Are we talking about the shape of a star? But they still pivot. And they make it their introduction and their their experiences. Uh, it's a very uh, it, it looks like Tron in sometimes, and that's really super cool to me. So they have to make adjustments there to still make it an immersive experience. Some brands, some nicknames, some teams are afforded a logo and a story to tell, and it's the ones that have that that it's super important for us to steer into that. And I hope that doesn't sound like a negative thing, but um, I mean it's the same. Like I mean. The New York Rangers have been my favorite team my whole life. And it's probably, I shouldn't say this out loud because I'd love to go work for Madison Square Garden, but creatively you're talking about the, the, the hollowed halls of Madison Square Garden. And, you know, just as much that Muhammad Ali fought there than Mark Messier won the Stanley Cup there. So it's the history of that building. Um, so uh, 
so yeah, you're, you're being immersive, regardless of where you are, is very important, whether it's the team, whether it's the building, every circumstance is different, but, and that's something my wife, Elise, um, uh, and I have talked about many times over the course of the year, where, especially for minor league hockey teams, we're as much an FEC as a bowling alley is, or a miniature golf course is, um, you know, we're family affordable. That's the ECHL's mantra is family affordable entertainment. And um, we're lucky to have the bells and whistles of a new building. Uh, we're lucky to have um, uh, a really supercharged pool of young people as interns from SCAD, uh, Savannah uh, College of Art and Design, which uh, is just an incredible place for young people who are creative. And they, you know, one of my interns had a had a class this last uh, semester for uh, themed staging and something for attractions. And he said, I'd love to come in and just take a couple pictures of our activation deck and just build what that looks like. And two days later, he came back with a render that was like beyond my wildest dreams. So like, it is important that we're doing these things and we're theming them out because we, we personally are competing with uh, arcades and bowling alleys and miniature golf courses and any other typical FEC. We are competing with those places for, for, uh, um, for attendance and for loyalty and for, um, for continual uh, engagement and, and things like that. So Brian, you've given a few examples of uh, a fan engagement or fan, ex uh, fan experience. Uh, would love to, to know if you have any specific stories that you love to tell that just really exemplify a, a phenomenal guest experience. So I, it's hard for me, Josh, between doing what I do now and my previous career, which was broadcast radio, where we tow a very, very fine line between talking to everybody and talking to one person all at the same time. So I, when I think about pinpoint moments, I think about the things that I could have never predicted would happen. So a lot of where those memorable moments come from are more of the emotional effects of things that we were able to get on camera and, and create a really, uh, trying to find the right word because exciting is not the right word when we're talking about like, okay, so for instance, the building that we worked at and the, the building we work in and Market Arena, one of the guys from that team, um, and I guess I could call this a fan experience, though he worked within our organization, we would do it for anybody that suffered this, but he got diagnosed with cancer right at the beginning of the season. He was super excited for our for our season and was not able to join us. But Hockey Fights Cancer Weekend, we had him in. We told his story. We introduced him to everybody. We did a couple of things through the season um, to do some fundraising for him and everything like that. And um, he finished his treatment and went into remission a week before our last game. And we had him at our last game to drop the puck for ceremonial puck drop. And I'm... Uh, I'm going to try my best not to tear up, but I, I feel them coming and I get the goosebumps, but like, um, you know, to, to relay it to say I am getting emotional. I mean, thank yeah. God. Thank God you can't see my eyes because of the glass. Um, but we had a similar moment with, you know, every game we have a hometown hero, which we, we salute a military hero. And this gentleman who was very unsuspecting, um, his kids submitted for him to be the hometown hero and he didn't know they were there. And then in the middle of the read, they popped out and he was in tears and you felt him clutching his son so close. And the crowd just, I mean, the referees held the game because the ovation was just so 
warm and and it was a moment and um i i think i mentioned this before we we jumped on our call but um the tough part for me is that from my perch which is quite literally a perch where i'm i'm seeing the whole arena i don't um shake hands with our with our uh staff with our guests and our our fans and things like that but um i always have to make sure that they are they are fully fully engaged in, in everything that we're doing um even if that means like really sharing an emotional moment or invoking the emotion and look emotion goes the other way you know like our closing uh, our opening our pre-show rivals an nhl pre-show whereas most of the teams in our league like they play a, a hype video and then they bring the team out uh we have a seven minute pre-show where we have a text pump video that kind of tells the story for the game that night and then we have a we introduce the teams and then we do the hoist the flag moment. And then we go into our Revenant Creed, which is a shanty that we wrote for our team. And the whole, the whole crowd sings it. And, um, you know, you, uh, you, you see them talking about it on social and different things like that. So, you know, it's resonating with them. And for me, I think that's the closest that I get to being able to connect with them person to person is being able to say, you know, you know, we, we created this and we all created this and you took it and enjoyed it to where you're giving it legs beyond there. Then after that, we run a, we run a hype video, which, um, which was, I guess I'm afforded to selfishly say this, but an idea that I had when I first got the, when I first got the idea for the, that I first got offered the job where, um, it's a, it's a minute and a half video that I'll say in just a couple of lines, but Savannah is a beautiful city, but there's a lot of ghosts in this town and a lot of mystery and history in this town. And it's beautiful by day. When the sun goes down, uh, all those ghosts, they rise out of the 23, 24 planned squares that are in the downtown central and they rise up out of the ground and they lower into Ed market arena to haunt the souls of our opponents. And that's the story. And that's a minute and a half video. And right from that moment where it feels like it's a Hollywood video, like it feels feels really Hollywood. I'm really proud of how it turned out. I didn't produce it. I just, you know, created the storyline for it. But, um, you know, that's just riding the wave up and down. You know, here's the text pump where we're telling you you got to get loud and then we're going to bring it back down and then we're going to get everybody to sing along and then bring it back down. And then, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know if that sounds weird to share as far as guest experience, but for me, just because I don't meet our guests or fans uh, real, I mean, it's very, very seldom unless they're a part of the show, anthem singer, ceremonial puck drop, et cetera. Um, uh, man, I am really long-winded, aren't I, Josh? I, like I said, I'm loving it. This is, this is amazing. This is fantastic. I, I love sharing it. I love talking about it. Like I mentioned, I, I'll, get to, I'll get to the point of something at some point, but um, it's just really about invoking emotion and emotion is not just tears. Emotion is goosebumps, uh, and getting people excited. I was a stickler for, we're not doing anything after the anthem, except for dropping the puck because coming off of that anthem, the ovation and the ice is set and everybody's ready to go. Uh, that's the important part. And now we're getting to the hockey and now this is what you came for. Oh, Brian, this has been uh, such an incredible conversation. I, I feel like uh, we could keep unpacking this and, and you know, we could talk for, for hours. Uh, thank you so much for, for sharing these stories, uh, for sharing everything that, uh, 
that you've been doing and, and you and, and your team and, and just delivering that incredible experience. Uh, as we wrap this up, I do have one final question for you. And that sure. is, how would you sum up your guest experience philosophy in one sentence? We... As I got to see during COVID, we are quite literally nothing without our fans. So especially at this level of play, um, the NHL, the NBA, they could get away with having empty arenas. They have world-class athletes they can put on TV and take care of their people at home and keep everybody distant and et cetera, et cetera. We have to make sure that our fans are having an absolute incredible time every time they come in the door and making sure we're conscious of everything that we're doing is servicing our fan experience and our brand experience um, is always the top checklist for us. So I guess that's uh, summing it up into one paragraph, but I stay on brand, Josh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't stray. I don't just all of a sudden just say one word answers out of nowhere, um, <laughs> but our fans are, um, and just to, I mean, to give some love to them, the Savannah Bananas, who are a product of Savannah, their, their slogan is fans first. And, um, and we, we try to, in our way, uh, do the same thing and make sure that our fans understand that, you know, we're, um, we are interested in seeing our players get to the NHL. We're interested in seeing success there. We're interested in growing our community. We're really interested in making sure our fans enjoy our, themselves when they come to our games or, you know, we're just uh, another that's operating to make money. And sports is so much more than that. Sports is an opportunity to be a cornerstone for community. And that's <clears throat> super important to us, uh, to me personally, and, and to our, uh, our ownership as well. Very well said and a great note to end on as well. So Brian, thank you so much again for, uh, for your time today. Uh, really appreciate just everything that you shared. And for everyone out there who is watching and listening, if you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It'll help other people find us. And until next time, we'll see you right here on the Guest Experience Show.